This Marketplace podcast is supported by Invest Puerto Rico. Build the future in paradise. Puerto Rico, a hub for innovators brimming with world-class talent and a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem. Learn more at investpr.org backslash marketplace today. Hello, I am Kimberly Adams, and welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. I'm Kyle Rizdahl. Thanks for being here on a Thursday, I think it is. Yes, Thursday. Yes, yes. Although my time zones are all mixed up because I took the red eye last night, and so like, I don't uh, quite know what time it is I, anywhere. So, yeah. I used to take the red eye all the time. I can no longer do that. Or I just I don't have to do it anymore, <laughs> so I don't. You know, when my kids yeah. were little, I took the red eye all the time. Now, forget it. <laughs> Wait, what does your kids being little have to do with it? Well, when the kids were little and I had to go to like New York, right? I could here in LA, I could uh, have dinner with them and get them to bed and blah 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 and hang around a little while, and then at ten o'clock at night, go to the airport and take the red eye and do whatever I had to do in New York. And now they mm. don't care, right? Yeah. They're just like, yeah. <laughs> Wait, you were gone? You were gone for a couple of days? You know? And you're like, all right, fine. I'm not killing myself on the red eye anymore. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. 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 All right, we're going to talk about the news, do some uh, Make Me Smiles at the end, starting with our news fixes. Yours is super interesting. Uh, wow. Well, it, it's super interesting and, and truly, truly terrible. A study that's out, uh, you know, the article of, of choice for me today was the New York Times, but it was, it was pretty much everywhere. A study and some research out showing the decline in educational achievement uh, by American students over the course of the pandemic. Um, the performance of, I'll just read from the Times, the performance of nine-year-olds in math and reading, right, that was the group that was tested, dropping to the levels from two decades ago. And, and that look is, first of all, bad enough. And, and I need to be clear here, I don't want to get into the whole mask, no mask, schools open, schools closed, this and that, right? The pandemic was terrible for everybody. It was worse for the kids. Here's the real challenge, though. While top performers, that is to say in the 90th percentile, showed a modest drop, three points in math, Students in the bottom 10th percentile dropped it by 12 points in math, four times the impact. The kids worst off in this economy and in this country did the worst. And that is going to take, says uh, an expert from Harvard who's in this piece, that is going to take years to come back from. Um, and it's just not great. It's just really bad. I'm looking in math, black students lost 13 points compared with five points among white students, widening the gap mm -hmm. between the two groups. Yep. Yep. Hmm. And I just, I wish, you know, um, I mean, look. I'd, no, go ahead. I wish I'd had this study in front of me when I was talking to LeVar Burton, because this must be a gut punch to him. Oh, yeah. After yeah. working on children's yeah. literacy for so long to see it go back to, like, yep. reading Rainbow Times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so there you go. That's mine. Kind of a bummer. Wow. We're about to be real dark today. Well, what if we used mm -hmm. to call it Thursdays? Uh, Hollowed out shell of a Thursday. Hollowed yes. out shell of a Thursday. We're bringing it back today because I've got two pretty grim ones myself. The first one is just these, this terrible situation in Mississippi where people do not have water. Um, 
there has been some effort and there's some really great reporting in the Mississippi Clarion Ledger following what's been going on there. And they still cannot drink the water in Jackson, Mississippi. But there has been, uh, there were there was a brief increase in water pressure, it looks like, mm-hmm. in the system. And then it kind of went back. President Biden has declared a state of emergency and supposedly help is headed their way. Um, but what really gets me about this story is, as I was watching sort of the traffic online about it, I follow this uh, account, Scalawag, which is this Southern reporting initiative, and they tweeted out their story that they did on the Jackson, Mississippi water crisis from March 9th, 2021. Oh, man. Wow. This is is how long and longer this situation has been going on, and the recent floods kind of exacerbated the situation. But these folks have been suffering for more than a year, well over a year. And it's just a reminder of what rises to the surface in our national narrative and the Mm -hmm. communities that get left behind, the communities that are most vulnerable to climate change. Esquire, uh, and I'll link this on the show page, has a very um, snarky piece about this with the headline, Who would like to explain to the class why Jackson, Mississippi has no water? Don't everybody raise your hand at once. And of course, it goes back to the history of discrimination and underinvestment in a predominantly black community, white flight eroding the tax base, and just all of these things playing together at once. Um, There's a ton of money in the infrastructure law that's supposed to go to water plants and water treatment facilities. It takes a while for that money to move through the pipelines. I've seen a lot of criticism online of Mississippi for not using that money to help out Jackson. I don't doubt there's it, things could have probably moved more quickly in this emergency situation, but you know, realistically, it takes a while uh, for that money to move through the pipeline. But I'll be curious now that there are so many more resources and so much more attention on it, what uh, is going to be done now? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. The, the answer, of course, will be distressingly little, uh, and it will take uh, distressingly long. Right? I mean, look, uh, one benefits not at all by being uh, rose-colored glasses about any of this stuff. You know. Uh, okay. Sorry. Well, I, look. I. No, I brought the story. It's my own fault. Um, I guess. No, 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 no. There's no fault here. It's just it's <laughs> it's institutional paralysis. Uh, yeah. And bureaucratic momentum. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I. I guess the thing that gives me optimism is that there. There is a tiny bit of uh, movement. The fact that there is an infrastructure law, the fact that there was the Inflation Reduction Act passed, and there is money that's starting to be available to fix some of these systemic issues throughout the country. Now, granted, that's when it's really important for people to elect local leaders who are going to use those resources Mm -hmm. wisely. But... We are in a different place in terms of there actually being some attention towards actually fixing some of these problems, I feel. So that's a tiny touch of optimism. Of course, I'm deeply cynical of 
you know, who's going to get the most access to these resources. And a lot of it's going to go to consultants. Mm -hmm. A lot of it's going to go to companies that are going to skim off the top. Sure. But at at what point are we going to let the perfect be the enemy of some Mm -hmm. good being done? That's fair. Okay. Um, My other story, also dark and grim, the AP investigations team, just they just keep churning it out. Oh, Shout out to Ron Nixon yeah. and that whole team over there. They have a new story, a new investigation out that they did in partnership with the Pulitzer Center for Crisis Reporting. And it's about this technology that dozens of law enforcement agencies have been using across the country called Fog Reveal, sometimes without a search warrant, to track people's movements over the course of months. And this software uses commercially available data and picks up things according to the Associated Press, data that, you know, is originates from common apps such as Starbucks and Waze to figure out how people are moving around and law enforcement has been using it to find people and to solve crimes, which, you know, in some cases it helped find a hit and run driver. In another case, it helped find a woman who unfortunately had already been murdered by the time they found the guy, but it helped connect them to a suspect. And so there's, you know, a law enforcement reason to use it. However, civil liberties, not very well protected using this stuff. And of course, now that everybody's so worried not everybody, some people are very concerned about law enforcement using these sort of tech tools to track movements around abortion clinics or abortion providers. There's a lot more attention to just how much of these, how much these commercially available surveillance mm-hmm. tools are being used by law enforcement. Amazing investigation. They've got a the nice answer, little right? a, video. A yeah, there's a nice little like four and a half minute video that summarizes it if you can't get to the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Do we still have the dark place sting? We do. I don't know if charleston has got it queued up, but maybe he could hit that. There we go. Ah, Look there it that. is. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Nice All right. Now yes. hit us with the other one, man. All right, I'm just going to say here, we should just dump mine and do yours, because <laughs> yours is just amazeballs. Just go ahead. Because I dumped my earlier one so that I could do this, and like I, I will give my, my respect to Dolly Parton and her little doggy line of clothing. But anyway, we got this amazing letter related to our conversation about dragon's eggs. What was it, like, last week, I guess? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, time, recently, time anyway, Anyway, about uh, the Game of Thrones House of Dragons show, and we were talking about, um, spoiler alert, the scene in which one of the dragon's eggs is thrown and a story in Vox that analyzed, you know, how damaging it would be to throw a dragon's egg. And it all comes down to whether or not dragons are closer to lizards or chickens, and it was very funny. Anyway, can I just read this letter in the entirety? You should, you should just read the whole thing. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Here we go. This comes from Robert Waltz, and thank you so much for blessing us with this. Dear Make Me Smart Smart Folks, 
I should preface this by saying that I do not watch television, so I have not seen Game of Thrones, nor do I use social media, so I have not heard about throwing a dragon's egg. What do I do instead? I learn as much as I can about everything I possibly can. Anyway, that said, here's the part that should be considered for your program. You observed that, when throwing a dragon's egg, the character involved did not impart enough force to produce the acceleration observed. Okay, you didn't say that, but I turned it into physics. Pause here. That was something that Kai said, that it looked like it didn't have enough heft when, when the guy was throwing right. it. Okay, yeah. back to Robert. The obvious observation here is that dragons cannot fly. Or, rather, based on Newtonian physics, they can't lift their bulk into the air. Their mass is simply too great to be lifted by their silly little under-muscled wings. And yet, they are observed to fly, I assume. Since they cannot fly, but do fly, it must mean that they have some way of generating lift that the rest of us don't use. So. If hatched dragons weigh less than their observed volume implies, why should this not apply to unhatched dragons? If dragons can, let us say, manipulate dark energy to lift themselves, why can't their eggs? <laughs> Clearly, part. whatever lifts mm. dragons applies to their eggs also. Seriously, since when did the laws of physics apply in Hollywood? <laughs> great letter. Great letter. Engage listeners. Come on. Gotta love it. Thank you so much for that, Robert. That was amazing. It legitimately brought a smile to my face. <laughs> Good stuff. Amazing, amazing stuff. We're going to go out on that one. We are going to go out <laughs> on that one on a Thursday. Back tomorrow for Economics on Tap. Join us for an end-of-week drink, if you like, on our YouTube live stream starting at 6.30 Eastern. That is 3.30 uh, Pacific out here. More news, drinks, uh, and around a half full half empty as well. Yes, and please keep sending us your thoughts or questions or analyses of the physics related to yes. dragons. We are here for it. Yes. Our email is makemesmart at marketplace.org, or you can leave us a message at 508-UB-SMART. Make Me Smart is produced by Marissa Cabrera. Olivia Zhao is our intern. Today's episode was engineered by Charlton Thorpe, and Bridget Bodner is the senior producer. Donna Tam is the director of On Demand. I got to have lunch with Donna earlier this week. Oh, it was yeah. lovely. She took me to a spot that her mom likes, which made me feel very special. Oh, nice. <laughs>